Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, it's Martine. Today, we have the second part of our series on quitters. If you have not yet listened to part one, go check it out. It's a great story about so many of the existential questions that Americans are wrestling with right now about what we want to do and the role of work in our lives. Today, for part two, we have a story about a walkout at a McDonald's and the worker rebellion happening at so many fast food restaurants. So I had seen a bunch of signs, you know, posted on Twitter and Facebook of people quitting. There was a Burger King in Nebraska, a Dollar General in Maine. Greg Jaffe is a national reporter for The Post. The signs he's talking about were handmade, sometimes just scrawled on a piece of paper in pen or highlighter, taped to the front door of a business. We all quit! Sorry for the inconvenience. Read the message outside this Lincoln, Nebraska. Police put up a sign saying that they all quit and they were sorry for the inconvenience. Said in a note posted on the restaurant's front entrance that they had been working a month straight with little respite. WGXA telling customers they were closed because everyone quit. The signs are for the customers, certainly, to let them know that they're closed. But they're also kind of like primal screams or that they felt that way to me. Like, I'm going to be seeing this as my one chance to convey a message. And so they are a lot of, we've been mistreated, we're tired of it. This corporation treats us badly and doesn't care about us. They're fascinating little artifacts from this moment. Greg decided to uncover the story behind one of these signs, a piece of paper that was taped up outside of McDonald's in Bradford, Pennsylvania. It read, due to lack of pay, we all quit. From the newsroom of The Washington Post, this is Quitters, a series from Post reports about a few of the millions of Americans who quit their jobs this year. I'm Maggie Penman. Today, we look at this one McDonald's and the worker rebellion happening at fast food restaurants and retail stores around the country. So, Greg, you found yourself recently in Bradford, Pennsylvania. It's a pretty small town, but they have a very busy McDonald's where the pay started at just $9.25 an hour. What was it like for the people who worked there? It was stressful for them. I think they felt like they were underpaid and overworked and mistreated often by their bosses and their customers. I think they felt invisible and looked down upon. But in some ways, that sort of feeling of us against the world sort of bonds you together. And I think in this case, it bonded them together as a group. And I used to cover the military, and I've, I've told people this, that they struck me almost like a little bit of an infantry platoon. There was that same sort of bond between them. You know, you're in close quarters. It's a somewhat stressful job, especially when the drive through line starts to back up, you know? So you're doing something fast, and it's a sort of a common mission, and that's what it reminded me a bit of. And what did people tell you about what their lives were like? 
even in a place like Bradford, 9.25 an hour is not enough to survive. One of the workers, um, Matthew Art, he was making a little more than 9.25 an hour. I think he was up to 9.50 an hour, but it wasn't enough for him to, to survive. Oh, that place was just a strain on my mental health, really. <laughs> the customers that would like just scream at us for the wrong orders, they were giving us crappy money. And so it was like stressful mentally and physically. He was living in a house with mold on the walls and a furnace that didn't work, which was going to lead to a second really cold winter for him. There was another guy named David Putnam, um, who has epilepsy that prevents him from driving. He has a two and a half year old son that he was raising by himself. I didn't get much sleep, of course, because of the fact of working so much. But when I got home, I also tried to spend as much time with him as I could. And so I was very tired and I have seizures as well. So when I get, get lack of sleep, I was having a couple of seizures at work once in a while too. And so for him, even at 9.25 an hour, to pay his rent, to furnish his place, you know, which was furnished with rent-to-own furniture, you know, he still had to rely on these things called blessing boxes, which are little boxes that are scattered around Bradford where people leave food. Um, so if you need something to eat, milk, eggs, bread, um, you can go to the blessing box and grab something. And so he was having to rely on that. It was really hard work for not a lot of money. Meanwhile, workers at another McDonald's location just a 20-minute drive away in New York were getting paid $15 an hour because of the state's minimum wage. Same company, same owner, same work, but better pay because of New York state laws. Basically, anyone who had the option to drive across the state line would want to, which made it hard for this McDonald's in Bradford to keep workers. For Dustin Snyder, a manager at the Bradford McDonald's, Things were reaching a breaking point. So he's the assistant general manager at this store, and he put in exceptionally long hours, which I know was a grind, but it was meaningful to be a leader. You know, he was leading this group of 24 people, many of whom had physical or intellectual disabilities. And he took real pride in helping folks who had intellectual disabilities find a niche where they could succeed at this McDonald's. So how did this guy who took so much pride in this job come to make this big decision to not only quit, but like lead a walkout? It's so spur of the moment. I was looking through their text message chain. You can see it start to boil up in the two or three days before the walkout. Uh, You know, they're frustrated about how they're being treated by their bosses. And Dustin and his fellow managers just feel like no one will give them a break. No one will acknowledge that they're working hard, that they're trying hard. And so about two days before the walkout, they decide to put together a petition saying, you know, we deserve more than 925 an hour. We need more than 925 an hour to make this store run and retain workers. And so Dustin goes in one Sunday morning and the petition's sitting there on the desk and Nobody quite has the courage to fax it to the corporate headquarters in Buffalo. And Dustin just decides, well, I'm going to do it. And I think he does it thinking somewhat naively that on Monday morning, the bosses will come in, they'll read this fax, maybe they'll reflect and give everyone raises. 
But instead, he faxes it in on Sunday morning, you know, gets a call back from the bosses within 30 minutes saying, we were thinking about giving you all a raise, but this petition has made us so angry that now no one's getting a raise. And that just triggers him. That sets him off. I wonder also if it wasn't just about the money, but also about respect. Like, Heather Long and I recently went to Arkansas to talk to people who had quit at a local restaurant there. And so many of the workers felt like it was really about the way they were treated. And just hearing that (laughs) scolding tone of that phone call, I wonder if that was part of the problem. I think that's absolutely right. It's about respect and acknowledgement, and not just by the bosses, but also by the customers. I mean, to be a fast food worker in America is to feel invisible. It's to feel looked down upon. It's to feel like, you know, you should be doing better with your life. And even the folks who kind of like that job felt that way. And so it's just feeling scorned and invisible by by everyone, your bosses, your customers, everybody. So Dustin gets this phone call. What does he do next? You know, at that point, he just makes a split-second decision to call all the workers together in the kitchen. They're standing by the one of the drive through windows, ask everyone to put down what they're doing, you know, drop their Egg McMuffins uh, mid-McMuffin, mid-assembly, and pulls them together and says, look, this company doesn't care about you. They don't respect you, and we shouldn't work here a minute longer. I'm leaving, and um, how many of you are with me? And so he says at this point, you know, his heart is beating out of his chest. He's never given a speech like this before in his life. He walked into work that morning thinking it would just be another day, not anticipating that he would give this kind of speech. And so he looks anxiously to see who's with him and who raises their hand. And, um, you know, virtually all of the workers raise their hand that they're ready to walk with him. So tell me a little bit about some of the other workers who went with Dustin when he walked out. Yeah, so it's a decent cross-section of the McDonald's workforce. There's a 17-year-old runaway who's been there a few months. There's a woman who has an intellectual disability who's been there for five years. And actually, Dustin looks at the worker who's been there for five years and says, you know, what have you gotten for five years with this company? You know, when have you gotten a raise? When have you gotten an acknowledgement? And really, you know, builds her up to walk out with him. And then once they decide to walk out, there is this sort of moment of joy that they feel like they're finally standing up for themselves. I felt pretty good for actually sticking up for myself because that was the first time I ever actually like majorly stuck up for myself. First time I actually noticed my uh, worth, I guess you want to call it. That 17-year-old girl, her name is Shakira Griffin. She'd been kicked out by her parents and her mother had lost custody because the child services had decided that she wasn't a fit parent. You know, and Shakira had just dropped out of school at the ninth grade. She was 17, but had only made it to the ninth grade at that point. And so she's just used to being told that she's not good enough by anyone. And so this is a moment where she's just excited because she's with this group of people, all of whom are saying, you know, we're better than the way you're treating us. They make all this kinds of money. Because I remember Dustin always bragging that, good job, guys, we made 
$8,000 in a few hours. And it's like, well, why can't they raise our pay if we make that much money in just four hours? And so there's this like, you know, exuberance where they start making food for themselves instead of for their customers who are lined up at the drive-thru. I think Shakira makes a coffee drink with a couple of extra pumps of caramel. Other people make hamburgers or french fries, you know. This is their last hurrah. They're going to grab some food on the way out. What actually happens when an entire restaurant walks out? Did customers keep joining the drive-through line or how long did it take for people to figure out that something really remarkable was happening here? Yeah, so the customers, the drive-through line gets long. Um, Dustin, there are a couple of kind of Sunday morning coffee regulars. So Dustin goes up to them and tells them, "We're shutting down due to lack of pay. You got to leave," and escorts them out. And then the drive-through line gets longer and longer and longer. And Dustin decides to, you know, at this point, I have to make a sign. So he grabs a blue highlighter because he can't find a pen and writes, "Due to lack of pay, we all quit." And is taking that out to post on the drive through speaker when someone comes up to him and says, hey, we just wanted a quarter pounder of, and fries. And Dustin like turns to him and says, you know, we just want to be paid more and, and treated with respect. After they all walk out, where do they go next? Yeah, so everyone's gathered in the parking lot, not sure what to do next. They decide to sort of pile into their cars and drive to... Burger King to help everyone apply for jobs there. It's about a half dozen people, seven, eight people. One of the workers, the worker who had been there for five years, is, is started to cry. I think it's dawned on her that she's leaving this place that's kind of been her home and provided her a salary for five years. She lives in subsidized housing and she becomes really worried. Like, if she doesn't make her rent, she's going to lose her federally subsidized apartment. And so, you know, she, at that point, starts starts crying and worrying, and Dustin tries to reassure her, you know, hey, we're all going to Burger King. We're going to take you to Burger King. We're, we'll get you a job there. They're paying $10 an hour there. It's, it's going to be better. Trust us. What did you make of the fact that these workers left one fast food restaurant to go work in another one? You know, they're folks who are hard workers. But their options are really limited. They're limited certainly by skill and education, but also just by simple things like, you know, transportation, the ability to get to uh, a job, particularly in the winter in a place like Bradford, it's an hour south of Buffalo. And so it gets cold there. So to walk a mile and a half in the winter to your job, it's a hard thing. Options are, are very limited, and they're limited because Bradford is is not a prosperous place. There are a lot of jobs there. There are not a lot of good jobs there. I imagine the story is pretty embarrassing for McDonald's. I mean, to have all of your staff at one location quit and go to Burger King because they can make just a little bit more money. Um, how did McDonald's respond to this story? The corporate, the franchisee, I think he owns about 30 McDonald's in in New York and Pennsylvania. He didn't really respond to me. He sent me a brief statement saying, you know, he values his workforce. As I was reporting the story after I had returned home from Bradford, the franchisee had raised the wage of the workers at his McDonald's from $9.25 an hour to $10 an hour, matching the pay that the Burger King uh, there in Bradford was paying. 
the corporate McDonald's, which is in Chicago, they signed the agreements with the franchisees. I think they were embarrassed by the story. You know, McDonald's has tried to at least put out a face that it cares about its workers. Corporate McDonald's, which represents, I think, only about 7% of the McDonald's are corporately owned, they did raise their wages somewhat significantly in the last year or so to a level that was significantly above what the Bradford workers were making. And so I think corporate McDonald's was embarrassed and upset at the way the workers were being treated. After the break, the response in the community to this McDonald's walkout. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Class is in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. I'm really curious, Greg, how did people in the town of Bradford respond to this walkout? What did the community have to say about it? There's a Facebook group called Bitchin' About Bradford. So it's mostly people who live in Bradford, about 6,000, a lot of whom don't make much more than those McDonald's workers. And so it sets off a huge debate that goes on for the better part of a week. And I printed out all the messages. I think it was 100 pages worth of Facebook messages in which people are arguing about whether it was right to walk out, whether they deserve $9.25 an hour whether 925 an hour was too much you know people giving them advice you know if they want better wages they should go back to school they should drive to you know new york state they should better themselves and other people recognizing you know that not everyone had options that it wasn't just about wages that it was about you know respect and dignity and then some of the workers at that mcdonald's then weighing in the, to defend themselves and their coworkers The McDonald's workers were seeing all of those messages, too. Here's Matthew again. Most of what I read on, like, about Bradford was, oh, well, they never get our orders right, so I don't know why they think they deserve a raise when nurses make less. It's like, I know people make less than what we do, but we need to make a living. We need to make pay for our rent and all that groceries and all that. What did you make of some of the more negative reactions that people had to the walkout? Some of it is just sort of this American mindset that if you work hard and you are diligent and punctual and care, that you'll make a decent living and that you'll do well for yourself and that, you know, all America requires is hard work to succeed. And so I think that's something that's just in our bones. And we have a hard time letting go of the fact that that's not true for everyone, and it's not true in every case. So this isn't the only fast food restaurant or the only workplace where an entire staff has walked out recently. Do you think that this tells us something about a shift of power between workers and corporations? I think that's the million-dollar question right now. So 
clearly there's a short-term difference. You know, you can't go anywhere in America without seeing help wanted signs right now. Even in a place like Bradford, which has a 30% poverty rate, there are help wanted signs everywhere. And so workers sense that they have a little bit more power right now. Wages for fast food workers, for low-wage service workers are rising. You know, and even in a place like Bradford, workers can feel it. I think the one question is whether there's something temporary going on here or whether there's something structural going on here. My sense is that it's temporary rather than structural, that workers have a little bit more power right now. But if I were betting, I would bet a year from now, it might not be the same. I'm curious how this moment feels different to you from previous labor movements. Yeah, one of the things that's really interesting to me about this one is you know, these signs were born of frustration and anger um, that we all quit. At this point, they weren't making demands anymore. You know, whatever demands or requests that they had made were long gone. So there were no picket lines here. There was no negotiation and even no thought of, well, maybe I should unionize. And that's part of why I think this is going to be a transitory thing rather than a structural change. There's nothing fundamentally that's happening that's going to alter the course that we've been on for the last 30 years. It's so interesting to me because on the one hand, this story does seem to be very specifically about fast food workers and their particular struggles. On the other hand, though, we know that people in so many different industries are quitting their jobs right now. And I wonder, what do you make of the fact that so many people in so many different positions are making the same decision. I do think it gets at something that's really hard to measure in the economy, which is this sort of psychological thing that comes with having survived a pandemic. Having had to, you know, stay at home and not go out and watch your life shrink. I do think it makes people reflect on what am I doing with my life? What do I want? What am I worth? What is my labor worth? Um, I do think that people are starting to think about those sort of larger existential questions. And I think the pandemic has caused some of that or led to some of that in a, in a good way. I deserved better than getting treated that way from co-workers and people that I barely knew. I'd just rather find a better job that's going to pay me more and respect me. We just decided, you know, we just had enough. Greg Jaffe is a national reporter for The Post. This story was produced by Emma Talkoff and edited by Ariel Plotnik and Rena Flores. It was mixed by Lena Mohammed. Tomorrow, in the final installment of our series on quitters, we ask an economist, is this a moment of worker empowerment or desperation? Rather than thinking of it as something bad, a great resignation, we really should be characterizing it as a rebalance of power that frankly empowers people to make decisions as it relates to their employment that are more beneficial to themselves. This is the beginning. We need a lot more. I'm Maggie Penman. We'll be back tomorrow with more stories from The Washington Post. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. 
The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.